You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This is a re-release of a conversation I had with Rabbi Bukko way back in July 2022. It is sports-related, and since this is the uh, intense part of the football season with uh, the championship games, Super Bowl on the horizon, uh, there is some discussion about praying after sports games, plus discussions about the Supreme Court. It's somewhat dated. However, I think that it is still enjoyable. I think that the discussion about the Supreme Court uh, is still relevant, especially now as we look at the legacy of Donald Trump again, who seems to be the presumptive Republican nominee, barring uh, some other type of political miracle uh, as far as Nikki Haley uh, is concerned. So here's the re-release of this program. I hope you appreciate it. 40 years ago, this is Emeritus Rex. I have chocolate in my mouth. I think that's why it sounds that way. Oh, but you know, nothing can be sweeter though than talking to you. That's nothing could be sweeter than to be. Where does that go? Nothing could be finer. Yes, nothing could be finer than to be in Carolina in the morning. Yes, although you know, in Carolina, they're probably celebrating a little bit this morning because in their at their football games, they're going to be able to. um... That's not what happened. What I didn't even get, I didn't even get one word out yet. What do you mean that's not what happened? <laughs> you didn't even I, okay. I, I was just trying to get to with a segue. You're the one who came in with the song that was disjointed. <laughs> you, you you should compliment me for being able to 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 catch all your errors and turn them into gold. You know, there's a wonderful high school coach. In case you're referring to uh, Supreme Court, you know, has been in the news a lot. Guns right in the Second Amendment on the right to bear arms. Uh, the New York the case that uh, uh, they decided, the uh, abortion case. And uh, maybe uh, for some it got lost in the shuffle was the a religious freedom case, a very interesting case. A uh, high school coach named Joseph Kennedy um, uh, in 2015 was dismissed by his, uh, his school in the state of Washington, Bremerton, Washington, uh, because he uh, refused to... Uh, uh, stop praying after games. Uh, so he was fired in 2015. Uh, a lower court, the appeals court, all backed the school's decision. The Supreme Court uh, said it was uh, an unconst- a violation of his constitutional rights, uh, two constitutional rights, freedom of speech and freedom of religion. And um, it doesn't, shouldn't it be simple? I mean, before you get into your pontification about it, uh, the, the the idea of firing him is because while he is a, I guess, a state employee being paid by the state, when he decides after the game to kneel in prayer and ask other players to kneel. He didn't ask other players to kneel. Oh, he didn't. Okay. That's the point. Okay. But let's say, let's assume even he did that. So at that point, he is getting, he's a paid employee. No, but the game's paid. over. He's no longer a paid uh, employee. That's my point. That, that's what I wanted to say. If, if you're not a paid employee. We'll never every... know for sure if that's what you actually wanted to say. Okay. That's... Word for it. Okay. Yes. You're in a feisty <laughs> mood. It's a good thing I've had my Cadbury. But it's a... <laughs> 
But again, so I don't. Again, I, I like to think about. You know, I'm, we're armchair legalists here. Uh, you know, we, we we have Talmudic training. We like hearing what the issues are. Sometimes we scoff and laugh at it uh, because we see how you know simplistic it is. But I'm just trying to think. Hmm, it, it, you know, what he was paid to do was to do the game, right? The game's right. Oh, the game's over, and although technically he's still earning a paycheck, it's like okay, you know, let's say he would go to church across the street from the game. So here's the point. I think everyone would agree that if before the game, right, he invited and encouraged uh, the players to kneel together in prayer uh, as part of the prep for the game, that would certainly be problematic. And even if it was voluntary, you could say it's problematic because there's an implicit pressure on players to conform to a coach's desire in order to curry goodwill with the guy who determines how much you're going to play. So you, you can make that argument that it's implicit pressure and all of that. They tried to make that argument with the post-game prayer. But again, there was no evidence that he had ever encouraged, invited, or anything after the game. It was a silent. He had done it for seven years without incident, right? Without incident, without complaint. Nobody said anything. He was on the 50-yard line, kneeling and praying briefly, Okay. And I, you know, then somebody complained, and then the school fired him, and or tried to get him to stop. The, the school first said he should do it in private, and then he refused. Anyway, so uh, listen, religion, state questions before the Supreme Court are not simple. Uh, for instance, uh, Christmas displays on sure. government property. I, I'm, and again, there's three kinds of property the Supreme Court has, has has ruled about. There's private property, there's public land, and then there's government land. There's two different things. There's a public park, and there's the, the lawn of City Hall. All right, those are two very separate things because public land doesn't necessarily uh, constitute or imply government support for religion. City land or government land does. So they make these distinctions, for instance, between a Christmas tree and a crash that is the Christmas tree is a secular uh, object. Uh, uh, the crash is obviously religious, so one's allowed and one's not. To some people, those distinctions seem silly. The court does, you know, is, is that, but that's where the court drew the line. Weirdly, I don't know if you ever heard of this movement within Judaism. Uh, uh, the, the, yes, Chabad. I know where you're going. Yes. The Chabad movement. What's it called? Oh, I didn't know that. It's Chabad. Chabad movement. <laughs> Uh, try uh, argued it in court that a menorah is a secular object, which was bizarre in the Seattle, Washington case uh, in the airport in Seattle, I think it was, uh, where they wanted to put up a menorah, which is again violation of the dictates of Shulchan Aruch, which tells us that Pursume Nisa is for the home today, and there's no Indian of Pursume Nisa. Right, well, you know, look, we talked about this. Uh, right I don't now. recall talking about it. Okay, right. you don't recall what you talked about anytime. You know, no, I do not recall. <laughs> It's one of the great you, great things about getting old. Everything is new again. Yeah, look, you know, you, <laughs> you're like old faithful. Look, when the geyser erupts, the geyser erupts. And whether it's the same lava that was spewed last time or not. <laughs> but, anyway, but, 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 but let's, case, yeah, let's talk about this case. And, and okay, I, but in this case, what happened is the guy was kneeling in prayer privately. I mean, I shouldn't say privately, publicly, but by himself without encouraging other players to join. Now, you could say, oh, he's a coach right after the game implicitly uh, players know that you know to be in his good graces they should pray with him but again you know that's a bit of a tenuous argument 
and, uh, and, the, and the court ruled that he was allowed to pray. Uh, and they invoked both things, uh, you know, the uh, freedom of speech and freedom of religion. The issue is in the First Amendment. It talks about the government shouldn't establish. And that's questionable. But again, this comes on the heels of the, of the Supreme Court decision in Maine, which said if you're going to give students vouchers or tuition grants, you can't prohibit them from using it at a religious institution as long as the payments are, are neutral, don't favor religion or disfavor religion. So uh, this Supreme Court is is more... Uh, is more expansive in terms of religious freedom uh, and a little less concerned about separation. Why why don't, why don't we contrast this a little bit to the, uh, and and neither of us were, you know, rabbis at that point, but we still remember, you know, the echoes of the school prayer decision in the mid 1960s. Right. Right. Where then I think the, the issues were, uh, to actually, before class began, to have a moment of prayer, right? And and um, to allow students of faith to be able to, before the classes began in the homeroom or whenever it was the first period, to be able to pray. And I think there, you re- remind me, but I, I remember there was a lot of debate about that. Um, Listen, the Jewish community in the United States, traditionally, has been very, uh, strident in advocating for strict separation, that uh, Jewish children in school shouldn't feel stigmatized by not joining in prayer or being forced to pray, uh, you know, where if you start with the Lord's Prayer or some Christian prayer, it obviously excludes. And remember, these decisions go back to the time when Jews were, you know, certainly the most high-profile religious minority in the U.S. That's not the case anymore uh, with the uh, increased diversity of religious communities in America. But uh, there was a stigma attached, uh, uh, you know, to, uh, to to the Jew who didn't pray or, 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 you know, sat in class. There were always these controversies in public schools about the Christmas pageant that was being put on, you know, and whether, you know, uh, if, if that was appropriate uh, if, for a school to have and, you know, having, you know, Jewish kids either being forced to sit it out or play a role in it. And, and these are, you know, these are the kind of things you, you know, you, you read about in novels written by Jewish authors in the mid to late 20th century about their experiences. Sure. And, feeling one way or another about it. And even, you know, in a rabbinic sense, there were, I think, Rabbi Shiner from Pittsburgh, I believe, yeah. who was a Rosh Hashiva eventually of great renown, uh, also talked, I think, about the Christmas pageant and that, that happened and what occurred in that way. I don't remember exactly what the resolution was, but I, well, think-, I think what they did was the, the compromise was that the, the, is that the Jews would always play, play the people who killed Christ. I think that, <laughs> yeah, right. that was the compromise. <laughs> the, the, maybe they could, maybe they could be the, the, uh, you know, the, the people who formed the cross, you know, they could have right. been, the, the carpenters were actually making the cross um, <laughs> or throwing garbage. Um, Look, the you know, and I remember that you, you mentioned Chabad before, and I remember the Lubavitcher Rebbe, one of in his strident, more youthful days, he actually was fighting for this moment of prayer because he thought that it would mean that there would be an elevation of ideals. Listen, that's the point. So, at a certain point, and it certainly is true today, there is this, there is a. A dual assault, and I, and I don't want to use too strident a term, on what was traditionally assumed to be the American Jewish position. The American Jewish position was always 
the Jewish community in America has, has, has been successful and prosperous and has thrived because for the first time, we're in a country that separates, right? Whether that's accurate or not, historically, you can argue, but that was always, well, we, we separate, right? We were judged as individuals, not as members of religious community, right? We're in a meritocracy, there's a melting pot, but strict separation. Okay. But then you had a dual assault starting when the Orthodox community became uh, more powerful and, 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 and more vocal. Most of it had to do, not with what you've mentioned, but part, that was part of it. Most of it had to do with the Orthodox community and their approach to government approaches the government much more for Jewish interests than for Jewish values. Uh, when you're pushing for Jewish values, you push for separation. When you push for Jewish interests and you have a large network of Jewish schools and all of a sudden, you know, you, you, you want government funding to help with tuition, all of a sudden you start compromising on separation where you don't mind government supporting religious institutions because some of those institutions are yours. So in states like Ohio, there's a voucher system where Jewish kids benefit enormously, Jewish families, I should say, benefit enormously from the fact that they can take those vouchers and go to yeshiva. And, and that's helpful, and in, 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 in Ohio is one state like that, uh, where, where you're allowed to do that. And Maine is now another state where, where a similar program is at work. Uh, and, um, and all of a sudden, the traditional Jewish position on strict separation, on not, a government not supporting at all anything that's, any, that, you know, that, 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 that is religious, all of a sudden is compromised right. because right. we have niches. The other one, the, the, the Babacher Rebbe, by the way, is very interesting on this subject because you're right. In other words, is it better for Jews when America is Christian or religious, let's say? And obviously, many liberal Jews would say, no, it's terrible. You end up with, you know, evangelicals and, and you know, people who... But on the other hand, the morality of our current world maybe calls out for a little bit of balancing with religious values and maybe... The removal of prayer from the public schools, although that's certainly irreversible today, but maybe prayer in the public schools would enhance a, a greater respect for religious life, which would benefit Jews in some ways. But the traditional American Jewish leadership and community always believes strict separation is one of the things that allows Jews to thrive in North America. Right. And of course, this does touch, as my friend Rabbi Broid uh, on this platform indicated, and in an uh, article in Lairhouse uh, that recently was recently published, this has to do with the abortion uh, ruling sure. as well, because we know that there are ish cases where abortion is uh, dictated by halacha that will not necessarily, which, which won't necessarily jive with laws in other states. So I don't want to get into that, but the point is, is though you're right, this is part of a bigger question: Are we better off? Um, and and I, I think the both of us, despite are somewhat liberal uh, leanings, um, maybe you more than me, have seen uh, a denigration of you know, the, what used to be the, the moral norms of our society. And that, it's not just two grumpy old men talking. I think we definitely have seen a normalization of what used By to be. By the way, I, I, I've been grumpy a very long time. Uh, okay. Well, you were a grumpy young man, yes. yes. But, but, but the deviancies, and I'll say it you know, openly, the deviancies have become not only accepted, but... Um, extolled and encouraged to the point that any voice that 
raises any sort of uh, objection to those deviancies is uh, immediately canceled and considered bigoted and needs to be stamped out uh, as hate speech. Uh, and you know what I'm talking about, anything in the LGBTQ, uh, anything that, 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 that somehow casts a shadow on any of those advancements in that area is, all, is, already, is now considered hate speech and might not even be um, protected. And I think that's, and the two, the two issues I think are linked. Um, you know, maybe there isn't a direct connection, but clearly, as we've become not only we've become aggressively secular in the United States. So these ideas, I, I mean, look at the frenzy. And I, I want to talk about the, the school, about the football coach again, but the frenzy that was unleashed by the Supreme Court rulings Um as much as you want to say that the sides that were, uh, you know, strongly against it represent, uh, you know, enlightenment, but look at the rhetoric and, 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 and you can hear how unthinking the hatred is. And, you know, again, I think that is, was the, is the Lubavitch Rebbe right? That, you know, it may be keeping this, you know, sort of nod, nod, wink, wink, uh, completely sectarian society, as much as we know Christmas is a national holiday, as much as we know the Christmas tree is lighted, et cetera, et cetera. But maybe that nod, nod, wink, wink is good enough because it at least, as the Rebbe thought, ensures some sort of uh, you know moral balance. Uh, that you also understand, I me mean, Chabad is the only Jewish group that I'm aware of that ever was at all concerned with the religious life of non-Jews. In other words, they had right. that whole campaign for the Noahide Evan, laws. Right, which is actually... Confused with the Nagahide laws, which is something completely <laughs> different. Yeah. I will tell you that that it actually has uh, taken root in a number of small little communities, mostly, I think, in the American South, but uh, quite interestingly, actually. But let's, let's go back to the school prayer, because this is really what you right. wanted, to, wanted to talk about, the, the prayer of the, of the football coach. Um, I, you know, again, it was basically decided a 6-3 decision. Um, so... Uh, here, there was was there a? Uh, did you read the dissents? Was there some sort of? Uh, yeah, I mean, the dissents are, are you know, the, the dissents are in sync with the decisions from the sixties and seventies, which talk about implied pressure to conform with what a leader, meaning the coach and his position, is doing, and 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 how that you know, even though the game's over, it's still an employee, and uh, implies you know. Uh, an embrace of religion, which is inappropriate in a public uh, uh, in a public setting like that, uh, it's a tough call. But remember, I mean, you know, so listen, Congress I mean, still starts every day with a prayer, <laughs> right? Although they do bring various. I think. Right. Have you ever been called? Even though I guess you're in Canada, they don't call you anymore. No. To, but I know many of your rabbinic relatives have have probably invoked. Yeah, it's uh, a great moment in a rabbi's life. It's, yes, uh, when he's called uh, to Congress, it's almost like when Marvin Heyer got the Oscar. I think, right? Well, that was you know that Sally Field was the, were the best moments of the Oscars. Yes, <laughs> I thought it was maybe the streaker, you know, uh, who was oh, running by yeah. running by David Niven. I guess know. nothing beats Will Smith now. I guess. <laughs> okay, so that that is what definitely our, our we'll be talking about that being slapped around. <laughs> uh, um, so you know, clearly, uh, again, looking at this, but looking at it as the, as another domino, um, you know, I, I know that in in certain corners, people are saying, "Look, that Trump, he was he was nuts." I mean, I I I, I uh, read and listened to a little bit of Casey Hutchinson. 
who was the superstar witness who was appearing on Zoom, actually, right? She actually, I think she was in some other room, right? It was some sort of I Zoom. didn't watch it. I just read about it. So, uh, but apparently she was quite effective as a witness. She's a young kid. She's like 24, 26. Truth about, you know, about uh, Trump. Well, it all rings true. Yeah, about Trump wanting to say, no, I want to go over there. Where are you yeah. driving me? I mean, by, by the way, I do have to say, in, in, you know, in the cause of fairness, the, 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 uh, the Secret Service agents she spoke about deny it. And say they say they're willing to testify under oath. These, these are guys that will take a bullet for 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 Biden. Okay, I, I don't know. Also, I don't know if I can trust them. No, know? no, I know. I'm just saying. I just you know we should be fair. But <laughs> there's no question. Also, she doesn't claim to have witnessed it. It's it's a hearsay. I mean, I, I don't know what you call it. Okay, hearsay. but 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 okay, but look, Trump's craziness was clearly on. It clearly rings true. I mean, yes, true yeah. or not, it doesn't really matter. All yeah, but, but my point is, wow. Think about this legacy of these justices. I like the image of her wiping the ketchup off the wall after he threw his lunch. You know, <laughs> I mean that 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 I thought was interesting. Okay, uh, but but my point though is is that I think for many religious people or many people who are pro life or many people who are, are, are Second Amendment um, enthusiasts, and now people who want to. Um, feel that let's bring religion back let's bring god back in the world they might despise trump for his his arrogance for his gruffness for his barbarism but 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 he gave gave us these judges and 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 boom 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 right this has been you know uh there's uh, you know there there is joy in mudville i mean i gotta say reading the uh the coverage about the internal strife in the democratic party between the younger generation that feels that people like Biden are too loyal to the archaic institutions and won't consider packing the court or whatever. Um, it was qu- quite interesting to read. They, uh, uh, you know, most initially believe that the abortion decision will energize the Democratic base and maybe it won't be such a tsunami of victories for the Republicans in the fall. At the end, the Democrats will be energized with this. I don't know. I think most people still vote on the economy. And certainly, uh, you can debate how much of it is Biden's fault or not. But the economy certainly tends, tends to uh, determine election results. But uh, they think the abortion issue will, will help and energize their voters. It may be even swing some voters to, to their side. Uh, time will tell. But uh, uh, there's no question. The lasting legacy of Trump is the Supreme Court. Right, right. And Cody Bryant and, and you know these guys they're they're you know Kavanaugh and uh these right. guys, and they had the brains to uh well at least no, the, people to, of substance. and not and substance and of years of life expectancy. Yeah. Amy Amy Coney Bryant especially. So I think that you know that means that they're gonna be What's also some. fun to watch is how the Democrats, some Democrats, are retroactively criticizing Ruth Bader Ginsburg for not having retired and, you know, and give, uh, you know, and, and giving up uh, and, and didn't give Obama a chance uh, to appoint uh, a, a judge uh, early enough. And uh, uh, so there's anger at her, uh, but uh, there's no question. This is this, the most impactful legacy of Trump it will be the Supreme court. Right. So, which, which is very interesting because on one hand you have these Supreme court decisions, which whether you agree with them or not, represent 
a distinct turn and uh, and forces to be reckoned. And on the other hand, you have the January 6th hearings where it's right. okay. It's more insanity from this man. Okay. So it's, 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 it's a right. very, um, you know, uh, Kurt Warner was, uh, there was a film called American underdog, uh, with Zachariah Levy, uh, a nice Jewish guy who's, uh, uh, he also played Shazam, if you want to remember. I think he was he was the uh, the superhero Shazam. But he uh, clearly a nice chiseled Jewish fellow who uh, who plays who played Warner. And I think maybe there's something. I guess we can tolerate Warner because he's an underdog, right? Somehow we can secularize. If we can secularize the story, we can somehow use religion as you know sort of an element. But when well, became- I'll tell you one thing, when Court Warner uh, dropped back to pass towards the end of the second quarter in the Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers, there's no question whose side God was on. I mean, Harrison <laughs> ran it back for, you know, a hundred yard uh, interception return. Uh, you know, I mean, that was one of the greatest plays in the history of, uh, of that. that <laughs> okay. You know, All right. Chugging along there around the sideline, you know, basically just breaking the plane and scoring a touchdown. 14 point swing. I mean, that was, you know, we all know who God, God wants the Steelers to win. I mean, I mean, that's, we know that. I mean, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Well, you know, you, you know, you, I would have to say after this episode that uh, hopefully we'll send something over to the Rooney family and you will be not only uh, brought in to sing the national anthem, which I know you are very happy to do. Uh, I, I know Joel, Canada Day is coming up. Uh, yes, this Friday. Right. Yes. Yes. July 1st. So, uh, but I know that you still can somehow hum uh, the lyrics somehow to the national anthem. Maybe they'll bring you in there and, and, and to lead somehow the, the prayer after the Steelers. I would just like to point out for, for our listeners that when I'm watching a football game at home and the, and the national anthem comes on, I stand up at attention. Okay. <laughs> the privacy of my own, my own room, I stand up because some of us still respect the flag. Well, you know, that is definitely a sight to see. We'll try to, you know, maybe you could uh, take a picture of it uh, for <laughs> us and we, we can make that our icon. Instead of the old rabbi that we have as our icon for Emeritus <laughs> Rex, we can have you in your football jersey. But you know what? Make it only from the waist up, please. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you liked what you heard. If you did, please take a moment to share this or any of the many episodes available on our platform with friends in order to help grow our community. Until next time, Shalom. Shalom.